Welcome to episode two of the Bone Pit Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I'm Justin. So I had a plan that my second podcast that I was going to have a guest. Uh, that's not going to happen today. Sorry, Mike. Uh, I kind of wanted to touch base on something that kind of took took me by surprise at work. Uh, a co-worker, you know, most of my co-workers, they all know that I train jiu-jitsu regularly. And, you know, a lot of them, you know, they're pretty cool about it. You'll get, you know, the jokes here and there. And so now that you train jujitsu, you think you could uh, beat up so-and-so? I don't know, man. Like, anybody's got a swinger's chance, but if it goes to the ground, it's probably a better than average chance that that guy with zero training is probably not going to fare well against somebody with, you know, any type of training for, you know, whatever period of time. So as a new white belt, especially, you will be asked that, I'm sure. And you'll also get the dude that comes up and goes, how was class last night? As he does, like, the karate motion, you know, that everyone knows. Like, I don't know, bro, I've never done that in class. So like I said in the previous podcast, I train under... Travis Lemmy's at the Sanford Grappling Club. Well, if you were to Google Sanford Grappling Club, you're not going to find the Sanford Grappling Club. Um, you might find a couple hashtags here and there, you know, from people that, you know, have hashtagged it or, I mean, I Googled it and, you know, most of the, barely any photos even popped up or anything. The reason you're not going to find it is we train out of Master Richard Smith's Family Martial Arts School. Uh, Travis, originally from Massachusetts, came up to Sanford and got hooked up with Master Richard Smith. They had a conversation, and luckily, Master Richard Smith, shout out to him, huge shout out to him for, you know, giving us a spot and a a place for Travis to coach and train and teach. And without him, we wouldn't have anything. So the reason that I mentioned it is about a coworker at work was we were just having a conversation and he's like, you know, you've been doing it for a while now, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he was like, how many guys, you know, on average do you have? And I was like, well, that all depends on any given night. Like, I, you know, we are a small school. We are. We are definitely growing. Uh, when I first started, there was three of us maybe I mean you never knew pulling in there could be three people there could be five people there you could have been getting a private you you just didn't know it was you know Travis was new he was starting out he was you know trying to establish himself but now any given night any given day that we have training you can expect that there's going to be at least six to eight guys people there um it's We've had, I think the most we've had on a regular class night is 13, which is a, you know, pretty good night for us. Well, what got me by surprise was he kind of looked at me and he goes, well, wouldn't somebody walking in there think it's probably not a good school if, you know, you don't have that many people training there? At first, I didn't really know what to say. I just kind of sat there for a second and just took in what he had just said and I just looked at him and I was like, well, when you start a new business or 
a hobby or anything like that. I'm like, do you, do you have immediate clientele? Do you have, you know, a good rapport with every person around? Do people automatically know where you are and who you are and what you do? I said, absolutely not. And the biggest thing I said was, you know, people have families, people have other obligations. We're all hobbyists. You know, none of us do this for a career. You know, none of us compete regularly. Um, most of us have never competed at all. Uh, we're not making a living doing this. Travis isn't making a living doing this. He has a, you know, he has a regular job. We all have regular jobs. And a lot of us have, you know, young growing families. I have a soon to be six year old, uh, our purple belt, Anthony, he's got a newborn Mike. He has one year old twins, uh, Megan, she's a mom of four, uh, it's just, you know, there's so many different reasons why people can't make it there to train all four days that we're open. I have, luckily and thankfully, I have a extremely supportive wife. And if it's possible for me to make all four days, I can make all four days. She doesn't bat an eye. She, you know, just, she knows this is what I love to do and I can go and do it. Uh I also have a young child who is now just getting into sports and, you know, starting to get into other things, other obligations, you know, as much as I want to train and this and that family comes first, you have different obligations. And another thing I said was, you know, we're where we live is considered rural. Like we're not, I know Sanford's call the city, but it's, it's not a city. And we also have probably, there's at least five, maybe six uh, other gyms within, you know, an hour of where we are. Uh, I know at least two of those are like a full-blown MMA type style gym. Uh, and the other ones are, you know, they're karate or taekwondo schools that also have BJJ classes held there. And I know another one that is strictly just BJJ. So the reason I bring that up is, you know, just because, like, if you're starting out and you walk into a school and and there's not many people there, don't look at that as a bad thing. I look at it as, you know, the less people that are there, the more one-on-one -on -one time and attention you're going to be able to get from your instructor. I do feel like, some downfalls, you know, as far as having, you know, if you had the same three or four guys every single night or every single class, you know, rolling with different people and training with different body types and all that is, you know, kind of essential as far as like progressing your game. If you're training with the same people over and over and over and over again, you're going to come to a point where you're feeling like you're like, you're at a stalemate, uh, that person is pretty much equally as good as you are. And you're not going to feel like you're getting any better. Even though you are. You both are. I mean, everyone you're training with is getting better. But it's just harder to see. Compared to, you know, training for a while with somebody. You know, having the same training partner for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, a newer white belt. Or a guy walks in from another school that, you know, is looking to pick up an extra class. And then you roll with that person, it kind of puts in a perspective of where you're at. 
So yeah, I do like that we are already smaller school. Uh, I do absolutely love the fact that we are growing. Uh, I love it for Travis that he's able to you know teach more, get more people involved. You know, the more people that come in, overall better it's going to be. But for the new person that is just hanging out and thinking about it and on the fence about it, you know, maybe walking into a gym where there's a lot less people is going to be a lot less stressful for you. I know for myself with my issues that I have as far as like anxiety and that kind of thing, if I had walked into a gym and there was 20, 25 people rolling around on mats and all different belts and, you know, that kind of thing, it would be very, very intimidating. I think that's what kind of helped not be so nerve wracking when I first started with Travis was going in there and only being, you know, a couple guys there. I feel like that helped a lot. That helped with the nerves a lot. Like I just thought to myself, I'm like, well, if I'm going to come in here and look like a fool and uh, at least there's only going to be a handful of people here to see it. But don't, don't think that also that you're going to look like a fool when you first walk into a gym and try jujitsu. You're going to look like everybody else did. Um, you just, you're brand new at something. You're you're not going to be great at it. You know, the the guys that have a bit of an advantage are, you know, obviously be able to train some other form of martial art, uh, especially wrestling. But on the other hand, it is okay to be a little skeptical when you first walk into a gym. Uh, unfortunately, in the world of martial arts, there's a lot of people who are not really what they say they are. I got this from, if you ever want to just laugh and have a good you know, follow on Instagram, you need to look up uh, McDojo Life. Basically, this whole page is set up just for calling out fake martial artists. The videos are funny. The fact that people actually try to get away with this kind of stuff. And then again, it's also kind of sad that people actually try to get away with this kind of stuff. And then there's people that, you know, believe them and follow them and fall into it. So I had been following McDojo Life for a little while on Instagram because I had heard about it on the Rogan podcast. And so when I did go into this gym for the very first time, was I a little skeptical at first? Of course, like you'd be kind of crazy not to be. If you walk into a gym and you're getting like weird vibes and something just doesn't seem right, uh, there's a possibility that, you know, maybe, maybe it is legit, but it's just, maybe that's not the place for you. You have to feel comfortable with obviously who you're taking instruction from. That's a, you know, very big part of it. And you got to have the trust in that person that that person's not going to get you hurt. Uh, as far as like when you're rolling with somebody and you're you know a training partner, that's kind of out of their hands. But the only time I've ever seen Travis actually get like somewhat not angry, but you know the point that he like raised his voice at somebody was you know he's repeatedly told us that if like you're on your knees, you're on someone's back, and you have you know you're going for a rear naked or you're doing anything, you don't pull that person directly over backwards on top of you or whatever. You pick a side, go to it. It's a very, very easy way to destroy someone's knees. And he's made that clear to us, you know, many times that that 
is not tolerated or allowed in our gym. And someone did it to him. And, you know, we were on the other side of the mats rolling. And all of a sudden you heard Travis's voice just get, you know, that pitch to it. And it was like, whoo, you know. But it's all because, you know, he cares about us not getting hurt. It's kind of like, uh, I know a lot of schools, you know, day one, you're rolling with somebody. Uh, first Colonies that way, out of Marblehead. Uh, but they have it set up that, you know, you're with a certain person and you're doing a certain thing. That way, you know, you're not going to get hurt. Uh, Travis, he likes to, you're going to train for at least a full week. Uh, you're going to have at least three or four classes under your belt before you get to actually roll somebody. You will do positional sparring, you know, whatever the move that we've been going over and working on. You'll drill and spar from that position, but you're not actually going to fully roll until a week or two, which I'm fully, completely behind. Uh, it gives a good opportunity to, you know, kind of see what that person's going to do and maybe check their spazziness. You're going to hear that term quite a bit. You know, the spazzy white belt, the blizzards. It's just, it's just inexperience and... I'd like to think that I wasn't that way when I first started, but I've definitely, I know I've had my moments, uh, and I've definitely seen it in the gym, but normally somebody after training for a little while and starts to get some understanding of, you know, movements and what they're actually doing. I mean, we're all white belts. We don't really know what we're doing, but you know, the idea of it, usually the spazziness kind of slows down. And I mean, you'll, unfortunately you'll get the guy here and there that it doesn't. And Travis had given us, you know, some pretty good tips on how to deal with people like that. And, you know, if it's just get them in your guard, get in, you know, side control, whatever, just hurt, just hold the person there and they'll frustrate themselves. And then that kind of forces them to, you know, they actually have to learn some other things other than flailing around and jumping and diving and doing all kinds of erratic, you know, motions. But getting back to where it began as far as, you know, getting the wrong idea when you walk into a small gym, please don't think just because it's a small gym that it's not a good school. You hear it all the time, like in the UFC, that these fighters that come from these foreign countries or even in the States that, you know, they started out in these absolutely no-name places and have done great, amazing things. So... Just because it's a small place, small gym, not really known about, doesn't mean that it's not, you know, good quality. And the other nice part about having, you know, fewer guys is less gym drama. Uh, just because there's a few guys there doesn't mean it still doesn't exist. You're in a world where you're, you know, you're physically trying to get another human being to submit. To say, I quit, I tap out, I'm done. With that, you're always going to have egos. And where you have egos, you're going to have people that get their feelings hurt. In much larger gyms and much larger larger academies, uh, I would think that stuff is a lot more prevalent than inside the smaller gyms. And if you know, you're in a place where there's a large academy and there's a lot of people there and you're nervous and kind of uncomfortable about just going in there in front of a bunch of people, uh, look into getting a private. That could be a huge way to build a little confidence before 
you get out there and start training with, you know, the larger groups of people. But so yeah, I guess to the age-old question, does size matter? I guess when it comes to jiu-jitsu gyms and academies, I, in my opinion, which isn't a whole lot because I'm still pretty new, I don't think so. I think that some straight-up killers can come from some very small gyms. But with all that said, uh, again, huge shout-out to Master Richard Smith for you know, allowing us to, you know, use his school, karate school for, you know, us to train and giving the opportunity to Travis to be able to do what he does. Give the Sanford Grappling page on Instagram a like and a follow. If you're ever in the area of Sanford, Maine or anywhere nearby and you're looking for, you know, you want to get a night in or whatever, don't hesitate to DM Travis and he'll set you up, let you know. Uh, all our scheduling and stuff is on the Instagram page. He posts a bunch of pictures, videos from every class. And if you're local and you're coming across this podcast, you know, stop in, check it out. Uh, we'd love to have you. Like I said, I do enjoy the fact that our school is relatively small, but I love seeing it grow and I love meeting new people. I love watching you know new people come in and get better and if you're on the fence about trying jujitsu or you're more curious about it we are the perfect place for you to come in you know try it out see what you think that kind of does it for me for this episode like i said just because it's a small gym doesn't mean it's not a good gym and uh just like you did by listening to episode two And I hope you keep doing what you're doing as far as your training goes. Keep showing up. I'm Justin Stone. This is the Bone Pit Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Thanks for listening.